0: You're listening to Packers Talk Network. PackersTalk.com. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay, or just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. Packers and Dallas Cowboys meetings at ATT Stadium are always wild affairs, games you'll always remember. They are also games the Packers always win. (laughs) Ha ha ha! They are games the Packers always win. And with that, I'd like to welcome you to this week's episode of Lemps Talk and Pack. I am your host, Chris Lempisis, coming to you once again from my basement Packer room. Of my home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Here to break down Green Bay's wild, wacky, crazy, frustrating, beautiful 34-24 to road win over the hated Dallas Cowboys on Sunday at Lambeau South. Or, I guess, again, it is officially known as AT&T Stadium. You know, the Packers are 5-0 and at that stadium now. 5-0, and how beautiful is that? Obviously, the four wins over the Cowboys, and then... Super Bowl 45, I think it went pretty well that day there, too. Great, great stuff. Just, oh, And for for us kids of the 90s, which I'm going to get to in a little bit, the fact that they've won five games, their first five games at that stadium, is just just unbelievable. It's just awesome. Did you enjoy watching it on the uh, Cowboys TV network, otherwise known as Fox Sports, today? What an embarrassing showing that was for that network today. Troy Aikman... You know, I don't know. I might have talked about this last year. I haven't talked about it this year. I really don't like Troy Aikman. I don't. I'm sorry. I just, I think it's crazy that he calls these allowed to call Dallas games. I mean, literally, if like they're playing on Monday night football, Aikman is sitting in Jerry Jones's box. Isn't that a conflict of interest? How is he allowed to call these games? He embarrassed himself today. I mean, he was crushed when Mark missed that field goal. Mar, Yeah, he was crushed. He he sounded crestfallen, heartbroken. F him. You know, and Buck, I don't know, Buck is hit and miss. I kind of, especially like on Twitter, I sort of treat Buck as like, almost like a comedic foil, like he's like my Newman, even though he has no idea who I am. He's more like my Newman- Then like I actually dislike him, but today I thought he was not he was not great either. I thought today was a miss for him. Aikman was and my wife said at one point she thought she heard Aikman say we, refer to the cowboys as we, which uh, that wouldn't surprise me. I didn't hear it, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. The guy's a total shameless homer for that team. He shouldn't be I just like I don't know. I just I really hate him. (laughs) I do, I really I mean I don't hate him as a person, I hate him as a broadcaster. Uh, okay. Now I got that rant out of the way. I feel good. I got a couple other Cowboys rants coming up. Don't worry. Uh, with the win, the Packers improved to four and one on the season. Obviously, still in first place in the NFC North. Quick run around the division. The Vikings defeated the New York Giants on the road today. They are now three and two. And the Bears lost in London to Oakland at the right at the end. Ha ha ha. So they are also at three and two. Lions had the week off, so they are still two one and one. Before we get into the fun, I want to mention the uh, Twitter, Facebook, email accounts. Got to get the shameless self-promotion in. Twitter, at It's Just Chris now. Lemp's MKE is the handle. Facebook, Old Bag of Donuts, OL Bag of Donuts. I'm going to update that page soon. I swear to you guys, I am. And the email, Old Bag of Donuts, OL Bag of Donuts at Gmail. Drop me a line. Chris, you're great. Chris, you stink. Here's where you can improve. You're my favorite thing to listen to. Those are my favorite. Anything you want to pass along, I I'm I'm here for it. Okay, so now that we got that uh promotion out of the way here, let's talk about the game. <laughs> Holy hell. Where where do I where do I even start? I mean, this game looked like it was going to be an e- a boat race and e- I mean it was turning into one an easy W, right? Packers were up 31 Was it 30? Jeez, I, my mind is totally fried now. They were up this is scintillating to listen to, I'm sure. They were up 34 to, th- they're 31 to three. Like late in the third quarter, right? Aaron Jones sprints around the left end in the end zone. He's waving at Byron Jones as- on his way in. What a beautiful moment that was. Um, and it really just, it felt like the game was over. It felt like, all right, we're going to, we're going to cruise to it. We're going to cruise to a, uh, this is going to be our most impressive win of the season. Boy, we were all laughing it up on Twitter. Geez, I know I was texting with my buddies and stuff. And then Dallas, of course, stormed back and made it interesting. Dare I say, far too interesting. ESPN's got an autoplay. Can you believe they still have autoplay videos in 2019? What is that? All right. And they stormed back and made it interesting. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> more than interesting, it was it, it was ass sweat city is what it was. Were you nervous as as it, as everything was kind of... I don't know if I'd say falling apart, but in a sag, yeah, I mean, it kind of was, at least on the scoreboard, it was, which is all that matters. Were you nervous? I was. I'm not going to lie. I was nervous. I tweeted gulp at one point. Like, I was really like, oh, man, especially then when Buck was like, oh, the largest lead, the largest deficit Dallas has ever come back from to win was 21 points. And I'm like, oh, is this 28 points? That's way more than 21. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Like, you just, it just, you start thinking about like, oh, God, what would it mean if they lost? You know, like, God, that would have been a season, that could have been a season derailer. And yeah, it's October 6th, but to suffer a big loss like that on the road, oh, brutal. You know, and Dallas, of course, as they are wont to do, got some help from the mob refs. Some very questionable calls. If you're factoring in the roughing the passer call on, I don't even remember who it was for Green Bay, on deck on the Cowboys' final drive. I mean, I wouldn't even call that questionable. I would call that offensive. Terrible. Terrible. And if you're following along on Twitter, and you're, and, or you're just listening now, and you're wondering, Chris, what do you mean by mob refs? That's a phrase actually coined by an old friend of mine who uh, told me he was at a long time, like 14 or 15 years ago when we first became buddies. He was like, oh yeah, you know, Dallas, they have the mob refs. If you think about all those, because he's a kid of the 90s like I am, saying that like all those games in the 90s, all the questionable calls on Green Bay and all the stuff on Dallas that wasn't called, like Michael Irvin's propensity to push off, Alvin Harper's propensity to push off, the offensive line's tendency to hold, all that shit that the refs missed all those years, you know. I saw people on Twitter saying things like, oh, Jerry's check cleared for the refs at halftime. I actually think that was yeah, Aaron Nagler that said that. But yeah, same idea. Mob refs, Jerry paying it off. There's, I mean, I think, you know, it's nice to see that stuff that other Packer fans think that too. I guess is it nice? I don't know. It's comforting to know that other people think that too, that like you are playing. It's a stack deck against you when you go down to Dallas because of, uh, you know, old Jarrah's money. He's like Wiley e. Coyote. I always think of him. Or no, no, not Wile e. Yosemite Sam. He's like I always think of him as like the real life incarnation of Yosemite Sam, just drunk on Johnny Walker Blue, firing his pistols everywhere he goes. That's how I think of Jerry, Jera. Um, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I thought even when Mar was lining up to kick the field goal that he ultimately missed, uh, thanks, <laughs> he made it from twenty eight, and then right, and then the false start call, he has to back it up. 33 miss. I couldn't believe he missed. I was stunned. But, I mean, I think even if... I think even if he had made it... I mean, I guess in hindsight, the odds were on the Packers' side, right? They were in their favor. Dallas still would have had to recover an onside kick and go down the field with no timeouts and, like, a minute and a half to go. Just to, And they would have still had to score extra point. That's just to force overtime. So, I guess one of those, in hindsight, like, as bleak as it looked, really, the Packers were still... Barely in control. I know at the two minute warning, ESPN's win probability had him at ninety six point seven percent. So you know you're freaking out if you're me. And you look back and go, well, they it, they probably still would have won, but it was nice that it didn't come down to that. You know, our, our our scarred histories involving onside kicks as a fan base. It was nice it didn't come down to that. I'll say that. Um, and I just you know I hate Dallas. I really do. You know, it's funny. Before the game, I refer to them as Dallas, the Vikings, and the Bears as the trinity of hate. I really think Dallas is number two on my list. I don't know if they're ahead of the Vikings. I know they're ahead of the Bears. I definitely... And I think it's kind of the area you grew up in. Like I said, I'm a 90s kid. I'm 37. I'll be 38 on Thursday if you want to send me a birthday gift. Um... You know, growing up with all those all those heartbreaks, every year, regular seasons, Thanksgiving Day games, playoffs, obviously, just getting your guts ripped out by Dallas every freaking season. I think they'll always be, two. I think the Vikings will probably be number one just because I lived in Minneapolis for so long and was so up close and personal with the Viking fan hatred. Both me for them and them for me. But Dallas is number two. I think I'll always probably hate them more than the Bears. Or the Seahawks or the Lions, whoever else. I would probably go Dallas or, Chicago, or Minnesota, Dallas, and then Chicago for me. Yeah, that sounds about right, I would say. Um, you know, <laughs> okay, so I'm getting a little sidetracked here. Let's get into the actual game. The star of the game, right? Aaron Jones. Aaron freaking Jones. What a monster day for that kid. 19 carries, 107 yards, 1, 2, not 3, 4 touchdowns. Also, 7 catches for 75 yards. That is 26 touches for 182 yards. And 4 scores. Incredible. Just a, just a monster day for that kid, right? First Packers running back to have 4 rushing touchdowns in a game since Dorsey Levens back in 2000. Uh, historic he ran inside outside he was slashing dashing catching passes tough catches easy catches he made guys miss that juke he put on Leighton Vanderash on the drive early in the third where the Packers he ended up scoring to make it 24 nothing I mean I literally thought they should have paused the game for Vanderash to go pick up his jock he just you know it's like someone said to me on Twitter Dallas has I mean those are world-class linebackers Jalen Smith, um, obviously Vander Esch, Sean Lee, he's hurt so much. I guess he did play. Okay. He's hurt so much. You never know with that guy. But Sean Lee, right? And he just humiliated them. I can't remember who said to me on Twitter, but great point. He punked them out all day. You know, he was going around the end, right end, left end, going up the middle. Like I said, inside, outside. He was going through guys. He did it all. And, you know, I got to give credit to Matt LaFleur. He wisely realized that making Jones the focal point was the way to go. With Devontae Adams out today, battling that turf toe injury, hopefully he's back for the Lions game. LaFleur knew, I got it. Everything has to run through Jones today. You know, and I've been saying it all year. Like, Jones and Adams are the two studs. Until the young guys, or if the young guys at this point, maybe we'll get to that in a little bit, actually do get their feet beneath them. You have two guys you have to ride on offense, right, as far as your skill positions, non-QB skill positions. Jones and Adams. And he knew today, I got to go with Jones. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers spread the ball around. A bunch of different guys caught the ball. How many players did catch the ball today? Geez, I know at one point they said nine. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, nine guys. Nine different receivers caught passes, which was great. But I mean, Jones was the man. And you know... I try not to bash Mike McCarthy, I don't. I know I said this earlier in the year after the Viking game, I think. McCarthy wouldn't have done this today. He just wouldn't have. He would not have had... Aaron Jones would not have touched the ball 26 times today. There's no way. McCarthy would have, I don't know, tried to spread the ball around foolishly. I mean, you could say Jimmy Graham, but we, I mean, McCarthy didn't really like throwing the tight ends that much a lot of the time, so I'm not sure Jimmy Graham would have been... I don't know what they would have done offensively with Mike. But Matt LaFleur... Didn't overthink it, went with Jones. You know, and I thought he called. I actually thought he called a really, really good game today, for the most part. Um, like I love that they made Jones. He made Jones a focal point, especially down in the uh, in the goal, you know, in the red zone near the goal line. In fact, the one time, which is obviously different than the Philadelphia game when they went pass, 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 pass on the goal line, we all saw how that did not work. Today, he went the other way, and it worked. In fact, the one time they actually didn't punch it in down there. Settling for a Crosby field goal late in the first half. Uh, I didn't think they went to Jones enough. Well, I guess they settled for a Crosby field goal at the end, too. Their final points of the day. But that, I want to focus on that one. That particular possession late in the first half. They didn't think they went to Jones enough. They gave him the ball on first down. He got stopped. And then it was two passes. Didn't work. Could feel, I actually thought he should have had another run in there. Maybe another two. I mean, I guess you want to pass the ball at some point down there, but I thought Jones should have had another carry. And I think if he had had one, I think they would have scored. I think they would have gotten into the end zone. That's how just hot I think he was today. You know, and I got to mention the guys up front, the offensive line, great work. Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins. Boy, does the Jenkins kid look like a stud or what? Second round pick, out of Mississippi State. What was this, his third career start? Dude looks like he's going to be a future Pro Bowler. I mean, the Packers, I think, if Hell stays on his side, I think that kid is going to be, he's the real deal. Which is good, because Bakhtiari, I think his back is still bothering him. He has not, you know, he had a couple penalties early in the game today. Bakhtiari doesn't, you know, he seems like he's, something's off. I think his back is still bugging him. But, I mean, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Lucas Patrick, great work by Lucas Patrick coming in in relief for Corey Lindsay, who left late in the first half with a what turned out to be a concussion. Get well soon, Corey. Um, I was really worried because Lindsay is just so freaking smart. You know, he's just he's like a surgeon. I didn't even surgeon. He's like an air traffic controller in the middle of that. That's probably a better comparison. In the middle of that offensive line, he just runs all the shit. He runs shit, and he was just. I was really worried about Patrick's ability to do that coming in cold, but he was he was fantastic, and Lindsay was great as he usually is before he got hurt. So great work from the center position, those two guys. And then Billy Turner and Balaga. Balaga, you know, who left that Philly game with an injury. Weren't sure if he was gonna play initially, then he was practicing. He was he played, and I thought he was great again. And Balaga's had a really great year. Minus the point the, the time that he missed because he was healthy or when he was injured. But great work from that offensive line today. Awesome. You know, if they continue to play even like 95% of that especially in the run blocking aaron jones is going to have a monster season monster monster year cuz i think he can do this every week again i don't know about 26 touches every week for a guy with his injury history but i think around 21 22 touches 23 every week sure i think i think he could handle that certainly around 20 or 21 definitely and you see with that offensive line they don't need to do much It's not like he needs these big, massive holes you can drive a truck through. He's so shifty. It's just give him a little bit, and he can make it work. So great stuff from them. So the concerns on offense. We got to talk about the wide receivers. It was not the best day from the wide receivers. Four catches, is that right? Four catches from the wide receivers today? You know, I... In the summer, I thought they might have kind of a... I think I said I... Oh, God. I think I said they'd have a kick-ass group by the end of the year. I'm not... Okay, so... And I said a couple weeks ago... I don't... On Twitter, I don't think it's a lack of talent. Let me say today were the first cracks in the foundation of that argument for show today. And by that, I mean... This is the first time I'm kind of maybe reconsidering that. That maybe they do need to go... And get someone, if they think, if their goal is to make a run in the playoffs. If they think they've got a Super Bowl caliber team other than that. I'm starting to come around on the idea that maybe you do make a run for a guy like that. Who do you go after? AJ Green. That's a name that's been tied, no tossed out by some Packer fans. I think Cincinnati's going to want a first round pick. Even though he's a free agent at the end of the year. You know, he's banged up right now. He's 31. I, I, don't, I wouldn't do that. I think I would stay away from AJ Green. I think I would focus more on the cheaper. I mentioned Emmanuel Sanders last week. Denver did win today. But at one and four, you would think that their season is still probably over as far as the playoffs. What would I give up for Emmanuel Sanders? Oh, I don't know. A five, maybe? He's not a young cat. I think if I could get him for a five, I'd do it. Um I know some, I know my old buddy Adam Summers. I used to do the old old Bag of Donuts show with, mentioned Devontae Parker from Miami. He could be an interesting outside guy, a deep guy. He's a free agent, I believe, at the end of the year, too. Um, That I would not give up much of anything for. I think maybe like a six or even like a conditional seven or something. Um, Sanders would be interesting. You You know who else I was thinking would be interesting? Chris Thompson, the running back from Washington. Now, again, I don't know his contract status. I didn't get a chance to look it up. But just sort of off the top of my head, I'm thinking like, Chris Thompson might be a guy. Great pass catcher out of the backfield. Um, certainly, if you wanted to save some wear and tear on Jones, as far as you don't want him to have 25, 26 touches a week, I think Chris Thompson could be that guy. Now, I believe he's had some injury stuff in his career, but that would be an interesting option as Washington is 0 5. I mean, their season is cratered. Their season's over, over, over. So. If I could get Chris Thompson for a six, maybe five, I might do it. I might. So I'll say I'm not ready to give up on this group 100% yet. But I will say that I'm starting to wonder. Because I'm not sure. Now, I think Devontae is going to be back for the Lions game. And hopefully the injury gets better and better and he doesn't miss any more time. But I don't know. I don't know. I'll say that. I think maybe you do. I think it's something you have to at least consider at this point. Which is not something I would have said a week ago. Um, Alright, let's get to a tweet from Kyle S. at K Schwags. King is a warrior. He outplayed Jair today. Much was made about the wide receiver depth this week. 12 targets, 4 catches, 55 yards, sub-50 50 rating. This group needs a boost desperately. yeah. Oh, thanks for saying hashtag Talk Talking Pack. I like that. Um, I've always dreamed of being a hashtag. Uh, yeah, I think... Like I said, I think... I'm not totally ready to give up on these guys because I do think this group could be better, especially when Devontae is back. I think you could see more out of these guys. I think maybe they were all playing a notch too high today. MBS being a one, and then, you know, Kumaro being a three. I, for example, I just think maybe... Everything looks better with... Jair, or with uh, Devontae in there is the one. But I'm at least starting to consider it. Alright, so let's talk enough about the offense. Let's talk about the defense. Right? So there's some good and bad here today. Mostly good, I'll say. The two big things that came back today were the pass rush and the ability to create turnovers. Both of those things vanished against Philadelphia, and you saw how much success the Eagles had offensively. But man, oh man, did they come back today. I mean, how many... what Was it three sacks? I think it might have only been three. It was only three sacks, but they had Dak under siege all day. Pressuring him, forcing early throws, forcing him out of the pocket, forcing throwaways. The pressure was back. That was awesome. And then also the um, three turnovers force was fantastic as well. Uh, you got to start with the Smiths, right? Talking about pass rush, got to start with the Smiths. What an outstanding day from those two. Really, they stormed back after they were completely blanked against Philadelphia. Zedarius, so two sacks, four quarterback hits, Preston Smith, a sack and two quarterback hits. I mean that's that's what you want out of those guys. They were fantastic, you know? And yeah, Dallas had a backup at left tackle, and then they I believe ended the game with a backup as right tackle. I don't think Collins came back in after getting hurt. I think he hurt his knee. Uh but still those two were ready, man. Uh, that, again after that bad showing against Philly they were ready to show that's not who they are and they, they got back after today and you know Zedarius what heart what a freaking what a heart of a champion on that guy man he was down multiple times with injuries like like cramps at one point maybe his knee was his, well I think his knee was bothering him at, at certain other points he's already battling a knee injury but he showed his leadership man every time he left the game it was like oh is he going to come back he came back You know, he showed through and through, if he had any question, any doubt, he showed what a leader he is today. Ray Lewis be damned. Didn't you love how he mocked Ray Ray's dance after his sacks? That was fantastic, you know. That definitely gave him the motivation. I saw some people on Twitter, I know, like, Cheesehead TV's Corey Benke was saying, F you, Ray Lewis. I went the other way. I said, thank you, Ray Lewis. Thank you to the murderer. He really, I think, had Z even more fired up than he normally is. And then I think as a result, I think Preston was even more fired up than he normally is. So I'm not going to, hey, thank you, Ray. Thank you. You know what, murder, I know he beat the charges. But let's be real, come on. Anyways, that's all I'm going to say. I'm say anything else. Screw Ray Lewis. Screw Ray Lewis. All right, let's get to a tweet here from PokerGeist at TW underscore WR underscore tweets kill me with the underscores Pokergeist. he just sent a photo of the defense (laughs) celebrating and it said look at this shit these guys are having fun this ain't ted thompson's defense which i know is something i've been saying i've said a few different times this year they're having fun that's the name of the game right fun damn it fun to quote bull durham this is it's supposed to be that's what playing you have to have fun playing defense you have to have fun playing pro football And I think especially as a defense, and they were having fun. This is a group, they all like each other. There's a great vibe. It's great. It's awesome. Gotta credit Kevin King, man. He also showed a ton of heart today. It didn't even look like as of Friday night that he was going to play. Saturday morning, it didn't look like he was going to play. You know, he had the groin injury. He was doubtful. Then Saturday, got upgraded to questionable. And he thought, oh, maybe. Maybe. And then when he was active today, I was like, wow, I was like, actually giddy. I was like, wow, Kevin King's going to play. That's awesome. Really kind of quieting some of the doubters about his injury stuff. Showed a lot of toughness. Turned in a good day, right? Some pass breakups. Had a pick that he almost had, maybe should have had, couldn't quite come down with. And then obviously he came up with a massively important interception as Dallas was kind of in the early stages of charging back. Um, Did he, did he commit? Was it illegal contact? I don't know. They didn't call it, right? So I guess it wasn't. Great interception by Kevin King. Just, I just love the way he battled, man. That guy, if anybody was questioning his toughness or his heart, don't. Like with Zedarius, don't. Kevin King is giving everything he has. And then I think he got hurt late in the game, right, with a knee injury? But he's just bad. He was battling. So those were the things I really liked. Now, the run defense, the much maligned run defense, how did they do today? It's kind of hard to say, right? First half, not great. Zeke, nine carries for 58 yards. That's not awesome. And then in the second half, he only had three carries for four yards and a touchdown. So 12 for 62 on the day. But that's a little bit misleading, right? Because Dallas had to was basically slinging it around. They, they couldn't really run the ball in that second half They once they got in a big hole. Um, I will say I thought they flew to the ball better in the first half at times. Right? And that Dallas offensive line, even with the backup at left tackle, and I mean, that's a good offensive line, really good. I thought I saw some early seedlings that maybe it is going to get better. It felt like they played with more intensity. Felt like they got to the ball better. It could be a positive. Maybe we'll see it get better. I don't know if it's ever going to be great, great, but maybe it'll get better, hopefully. And then the bad. Okay, I love Jair Alexander, right? I love the kid. Said a million times I love the kid. I said I think he's going to be a top 10 player, defensive, top 10 defensive player in the league by the end of the year. I stand by that. He will be great. He already is pretty great, but he's going to be even better than that. He's going to be great, great. No doubt. But oh my word, was he bad today. <laughs> he was. He was shit. Look, we got to call it like it is. He was shit. Amari Cooper put on an absolute clinic. On Jair Alexander. Out and ups. Double moves. I mean he was just scorching him. I mean you already probably know Cooper's stat line. But 11 catches. A career high 226 yards. And a touchdown. I mean ugh. Just not great. You know. And, And I think that could be a good thing though. I think Jair. Maybe needed to be humbled a touch. Now I love his swagger. And I love his confidence, and I don't want that to be shaken at all. I don't want him to change. But I think maybe he was just a tiny bit too big for his britches. And you saw today an elite, elite wide receiver like Amari Cooper. You know, he I mean, he he schooled him. But again, hopefully Jair will learn from this. I think he will. It's just going to be a bump in the road. I'm not panicking at all about Jair Alexander. And then also Michael Gallup with uh, seven catches for 113 yards. So those two guys, 18 catches for 339. That's not great. That's not great. So you yeah, gotta improve on that. Um, other people I wanna apply, I gotta apply JK Scott. Man, who knew watching punting could be so fun? It's like, fun, like it's not fun watching drives stall out and watching the offense shit the bed. But it's like kind of fun to see Scott punt the ball in a weird, twisted way, right? Like I was like oh, offense stall. That was great. Hey, but here comes Scott, watch him boom the hell out of this. Six punts, 297 yards, four 49 and a half yard average. Two punts inside of the 20 and long of 58. And I think he had a couple punts over five seconds hang time. This is the kid they drafted. I mean, he has been he's been a legitimate weapon. He's been fantastic. He's having a tremendous season. Again, I'm not saying it's, like, fun to watch him punt, because when he comes on the field, you know what that means. But, like, I think you get what I'm saying, right? He's just been great. All right, let's get to a tweet here from Justin Cornwell. At Justin A. Cornwell, he says, Rank the biggest concerns you have for the team going forward. Injuries, run defense, wide receiver depth, letting teams hang around despite big leads not trying to be a downer. I'm thrilled with the win and the 4-1 and one start. Just curious. Go Pat Coe. I wouldn't say you're a downer. I mean, I think these are legitimate issues, right? I mean, the injuries were bad. Holy Christ, they were dropping like flies out there today. Lindsley got hurt. Tanyan got hurt. I think he said Allison cut his hand at one point. And then obviously on defense, Preston Smith got hurt at one point. Zadarius Smith was in and out of the game all day with injuries. Um, who else got hurt? Jesus, I'm probably. I know I'm forgetting somebody. Who am I forgetting? There were there were a lot of injuries. I think Gary got hurt at one point. They were just. I mean, they were. Re- oh, Savage, Savage left the game with a, I believe, an ankle injury. He didn't come back. So that was really. I mean, injuries are always a concern, right? They're always the biggest thing that can derail a team. I think. So that's a concern. Run defense. I mean, it's to be. You know, the jury's still out, right? until they hold a really good running back or at least a fairly good running back in check for 60 minutes. I mean, you got to say it's a concern, right? The wide receiver depth I talked about, I'm not totally willing to give up on it yet, but I'm at least beginning to say I'm willing to listen to the idea that maybe they need to go get somebody. And then letting teams hang around despite big leads. Yeah, I think that's a concern. I mean, I think that's a, that's kind of an under-discussed dis- uh, concern, You know, they let the Vikings hang around in week two. That probably should have been a blowout win. Kind of let Denver hang around. And uh, they never really had a huge lead on Denver, but they never really put them away either until the end. And then today, so yeah, I'd say three of the four games, they probably haven't won. This is nitpicking, but they haven't won by as much as they should have, considering how the games all started. Or at least in Denver's case, the quality of the opponent. And the game being at Lambeau. So, no, I don't think you're a downer, Justin. I don't think those are legitimate concerns. I think, I mean, 4-1 and is great, and you could argue they should be 5-0. and But, I mean, to say that they have some issues, I think that's just being, this is being fair. You know, they're not perfect. These are definite issues. So, all right, 30, boy, I'm at the 32-minute mark already. Jeez, I'm flying by here. All right, so before I get out of here, I do want to talk kind of about Green Bay's place in the NFC, right. They appear to be a contender. Five weeks into the season, they appear to be a contender. It's a fun time of year, I think, early October. Week five, because you start to see teams emerging one way or the other. You know, teams like New England and Kansas City and New Orleans and Seattle. And I'd put Green Bay in that mix. You know, they appear to be emerging towards contender status. And then you have the Washingtons and the Miamis and the Denvers and the Cincinnati's. Teams that, you know, and if you're a fan of those teams, you have my permission to start reading mock drafts and start drinking heavily. Drink heavily and then read mock drafts. That would be the way I would do that. Um, One of my favorite bosses, my first, I used to be a sports reporter. I was a writer for five years. My first editor I ever had was a, a wonderful woman by the name of Renee Prusci at the Mining Journal in Marquette, Michigan. And She used to always say, and it's so true, nobody knows anything about the NFL season until at least the end of week five. Probably the end of week six. And I always just think that's so true, you know? And I think we're starting to learn, right? The mix in the NFC now kind of looks like Green Bay, New Orleans. They're really, they've really they been really impressive without Drew Brees, huh? Seattle's in that mix. San Francisco looks like they could be in that mix. Philly, I think, will be in the mix. Probably Dallas. I mean, you're starting to see the initial group of teams beginning to separate themselves in a good way. And I think the Packers could be a team, I'm starting to think, that they could be a team that could go on a run. Because they're winning games even though Aaron Rodgers isn't playing his best ball. Look at we're 34 minutes into the show. I barely mentioned Aaron Rodgers. He was good today. He wasn't great, he wasn't terrible. I think the biggest thing he did was he was smart with the football. He made some great throws. That throw to Tanyan that he basically threw sideways. What a work of art that was. Hang that in the Aaron Rodgers Museum for sure. Um, be a big freaking museum, I know that. But I thought, you know, he was smart with the ball. Um, And that was good. It was just kind of a workman-like effort from Aaron Rodgers, I thought. He missed some throws. But, you know, overall, he was all right. The big thing, I think, that makes him a contender is this kind of combination of Aaron Jones and the defense. Now, the defense gives up yards, as we saw today. They gave up over 500 yards, I think. They're going to give up yards. But the big thing they do is they come up with sacks, they pressure the quarterback, and they come up with turnovers. That combination of Aaron Jones and a defense that has those playmaking stats, so to speak, that travels. You can hang your hat on that. And when Adams comes back, and Matt LaFleur begins to really hit his stride as a play caller, and begins to really mold with Aaron Rodgers... I think you could see this offense really explode. Passing game, I think, could take off too. Uh, be closer to what you saw last week against Philadelphia. So yeah, I'm starting to really believe in this Packer team. I don't know if I would say, I don't know if I'd say get your tickets for Miami yet for early February, but yeah, I'm starting to think that they're a team that's going to be, they're going to be, they're going to have a say And who comes out of the NFC. I'm, I'm kind of starting to believe that, yeah. I'm going to knock on wood. All right, so another big test next week. Before we get out of here, let's talk about next week quick. Another big test. Monday Night Football, their only appearance on Monday Night Football this year. At home against the Lions, who have shockingly beaten our beloved Packers four times in a row. That's right, folks. January 1st, 2017. Remember that? The win that clinched the NFC North in Week 17 in Detroit on Sunday Night Football? That's the last time the Packers beat Detroit. (laughs) Detroit. Four times in a row. Jeez. You know what? And I say it's time we fix that, don't you? It's time to put the Lions back in their place. As the little sisters of the division. Little brothers of the division. So hopefully that happens. But as usual, win, lose, or draw, I'll be back to wrap that up no matter what. So until then, I'd like to say good night. Thank you for listening. I am Chris Lempis. You have been listening to Lemp's Talk and Pack. Go Pack Go.